Hey, and thanks for taking the time to listen with us here at Gospel Way as we seek to find rest in Christ. Please know that this is supplemental and does not replace your local church or the pastor that God has given to shepherd your soul. But it is our prayer that God will use these resources to bless you and point you to Jesus. Once again, let me call your attention to the book of Haggai. We're going to be in chapter number two this morning. Uh, We considered last time that we gathered around this book, we considered the fact that it is basically four sermons uh, that Haggai gives. And as he gives these four sermons, uh, we looked at the one sermon last week, we looked at the strength to begin again. Uh, Considered the fact that they had started to rebuild the temple and then they there was 14 years that it set with nothing being done to it. And uh, he was encouraging them to begin again. And we drew the application of our own lives of times that we fail God and we do fail God. Every one of us fail God weekly, daily, sometimes hourly we fail God and the strength that we find from the word of God is to begin again Uh, the Bible said a righteous man falleth seven times but he gets back up and he continues on Uh, you and I still fight the battles that we fight in this flesh because of the appetites that were given to us by our fleshly father Adam They were passed down to us, and we battle that. So we fail God, but God encourages us to begin again. And we're going to look at the next two of those. We're going to look at the second and third sermon that uh, Haggai gives, and those are found in chapter number 2. We'll begin reading in verse number 1. We'll read down through verse number 19. And then we'll pray and, and look at these messages that Haggai was giving to the people of Israel. Verse number one of chapter number two, in the seventh month, in the twentieth day of the month, came the word of the Lord unto Haggai, saying, Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shephthah, uh, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Jezedek, uh, the high priest, and to the residue of the people, saying, Who is left among you that saw this house in her first glory? And how do you see it now? Is it not in your eyes in comparison of it as nothing? Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, saith the Lord, and be strong, O Joshua, the son of Jezdek, the high priest, and be strong, all ye people of the land, saith the Lord, and work, for I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts. According to the word that I coveted with you when ye came out of Egypt, so my spirit remaineth among you, Fear ye not, 
For thus saith the Lord of hosts, Yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens, and the earth, and the sea, and the dry land. I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come. And I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. In the four and twentieth day of the ninth month, in the second year of Darius, came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Ask now the priest concerning the law, saying, If one bear holy flesh in, his, in the skirt of his garment, and with his skirt doth touch bread, or pot, pottage, or wine, or oil, or any meat, shall it be holy? And the priest answered and said, No. Then said Haggai, If one that is unclean by a dead body touch any of these, shall it be unclean? And the priest answered and said, It shall be unclean. Then answered Haggai and said, So is this people, and so is this nation before me, saith the Lord, and so is every work of their hands, and that which they offer there is unclean. And now I pray you, consider from this day and upward, from before the stone was laid upon stone in the temple of the Lord, since those days were when one came to an heap of twenty measures, there were but ten. When one came to the precipice uh, for to draw out fifty vessels out of the press, there were but twenty. I smote you with the blasting of the mildew and with hell and all the labors of your hands, yet ye turned not to me, saith the Lord. Consider now from this day and upward, from the four and twentieth day of the ninth month, even from the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider it. Is the seed yet in the barn? Yea, as yet the vine and the fig tree and the pomegranate, and the olive tree hath not brought forth from this day will I bless you. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you would illumine your word. I pray that as we look into it, that we may be able to see your promises, not only see your promises, but be able to draw application in our own lives and Lord, I pray that you would do in our midst what you would have to be done. Lord, you know the heart of every person that's sitting here this morning. You know the heart of every person that will even hear by podcast or by YouTube or whatever it may be. Lord, you know the heart of each one. And 
God, we pray that you would take your word and do what you said you would do. And Lord, speak to the hearts of your people. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. As I've said, we're looking at and considering the second two of the four messages that were preached and presented by Haggai to the people of Israel. As we're considering that, I want us to uh, consider the strength. We, we've mentioned as we're going through these minor prophets, we're majoring on the minors, and by majoring on the minors, we're looking at a key theme or a major theme that we find in each of the minor prophets. And in the prophet Haggai, we find the major theme that's there that we're dealing with is major strength. You can find strength in the book of Haggai. And as we're looking at that, we found that last time we were around this book, we found that there was strength to begin again. And that strength came not through ourselves, but that strength came through our God the same way that we find in all of Scripture, that if there is any strength to begin to start with or to begin again, that strength comes from God. It's not within our own might or within our own power. If if many of us were honest with ourselves, we tried and tried and tried over and over again to be good. Uh, When I was a little boy... And I was at home, I would try to be good. But I failed and my father reminded me. As a child of God, I try and I try, but I fail and I fail. And we remind ourselves of that. We remind ourselves of that not to bring condemnation upon us because the Bible said, now there remaineth now no more condemnation for us. Because we are the children of God. So we don't do that. We don't remind ourselves of that to bring condemnation upon ourselves. We remind ourselves of that to remind ourselves alongside of that how good God is. And how complete and how sufficient that Christ is. Christ is all sufficient for every need that we have in our life. For every need that we have in our failures, Christ is sufficient. So as we come to these second two portions of Scripture that we're going to consider this morning, I want us to consider, first of all, I want us to consider the strength that we find through courage. The strength that we find through courage that is found in verse number 1 down through Verse number 9, there is the courage that God offers as we're seeing what's taking place with the children of Israel. Just as a quick recap, let's consider what's going on physically, what's taking place with the children of Israel as we see this scripture. As we come to this scripture, if we were living this time, we would be being brought back from bondage that we had entered into or captivity that we had entered into as we were taken uh, uh, by the Babylonians. 
The Babylonians took the children of Israel and they took them back to Babylon. As that was going on, and by the way, you and I understand, if we know the Word of God, we understand all of this is lying around the time of Daniel because Daniel is in Babylon and he's one of those that's in the captivity of Babylon and he has great dealings with Darius, which is the king of Persia. You see, if it's Babylon, why do we have the king of Persia? The reason we have that is because Persia came in and overtook Babylon. Recall several weeks ago that we looked in the Minor Prophet and we found that uh, that there were nation after nation that overthrew nation after nation because God will not allow one nation to rise up and conquer everyone. We can rest assured that that's not ever going to happen. Napoleon tried it. Hitler tried it. Time after time after time. I can tell you on the authority of God's word that there will never be, whether it's whether it's Putin, whether it's whether it's uh, uh, Hitler, whether it's Napoleon, whether it's anybody in the past or anybody in the future, there will never be a dictator that will control the world. Why? Because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. They belong to God. God will not allow his earth to be overthrown by a dictator. Because he is king of kings and lord of lords. He is the one that controls the earth. It belongs to him and he will not allow anyone to overtake it. He sends nation after nation sometimes that will overthrow other nations. And we find that as we come to the scripture. Israel had been taken into Babylon. Persia came along and overthrew Babylon. The king of Persia allowed the people of Israel to go back to their land. And as they went back to the land, what did they find? Of course, they found that the temple had been destroyed. The temple that Solomon built. The temple that... Solomon felt like that he was that great person. He felt like that he was the one that God had promised in time past. That was the one that came along. He was going to be the Messiah. He was going to lead the people. And then he made the dire mistake of having 700 wives and 300 concubines and allowing the gods of his wives and concubines to come in and control his house. So he was not that righteous one. You and I know and understand by Scripture who that righteous one is. That is Christ. And he is the righteous one. He is the one that was complete. He is the one that was true before God. But as we look at this scripture this morning, we understand that the temple has been torn down. It's been destroyed. The enemies came in. They destroyed. The Assyrians came in. They destroyed. Uh, The Babylonians took over the Assyrians. The Persians overtook the Babylonians. And now we come to this scripture where the king of Persia has allowed the people of God to go back. And they found the temple in ruins. As they found the temple in ruins, they began to clean up things. They began to rebuild the temple. And as they began to rebuild the temple, they spent a couple of years working on it and they stopped. For 14 years, it just sat desolate. Nothing being done. No work being done. 
We looked at last week in the book of Haggai, they began the work again. Now we come to this portion of Scripture that this strength is the strength to continue. The strength that we find and the strength that Haggai is trying to give the people from God is the strength to continue that work that God set before them. What is that work? To rebuild the temple. It's interesting. As they looked at and as they considered, and even Haggai made the statement in the scripture we read this morning. Even Haggai said, Is there any of those among you that remembered the former and the glory of the former? He mentioned, and oddly enough, understand that this temple that is being rebuilt, and it will be rebuilt, it's going to be done. We're going to see that next week as we look at it being finished. But as it is done... It doesn't look like it has the same glory that the first one had. But Haggai tells us here that it will have far greater glory. It's not all, it's not all about what it looks like. It's all about what God does with it. I'm glad that it's that way because it's not all about what we look like. It's not all about what we what, we, what persona we put forth. It's all about what God does with us and what God does in us and what God does through us instead of it being all about us. It's all about Him. So we find that in these two messages that Haggai gives, he gives them a, an encouragement to continue the work, to continue the work of building the temple. And as we come to that, we understand that he it urges them to continue in two different avenues. He urges them to continue in courage or through courage. As they are continuing through courage, there are two ways that he tells them in this passage of Scripture to continue in that courage. Number one, we find there in in verse number 4, look at verse number, what he says in verse number 4. He said, yet now what? Be strong, O Zerubbabel, saith the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua, the son of Jezdek, the high priest. And be strong, all ye people of the land, saith the Lord. And work. Look at what he says. The latter statement of that verse. For I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts. If we don't find courage anywhere else, if we don't find courage to continue this walk, if we don't find courage to continue this work, we ought to find courage in the fact that God is with us. We find courage in the fact that we have God's presence you say, how do you know that? Because as we read the Word of God, God made His self evident this morning. As we sang the Word of God, God made Himself evident this morning. As we went through the devotionals this morning, God made Himself evident. Through His Word, He magnified Himself. In doing so... We recognize the presence of God. And in having the presence of God, we have courage 
to go forward because we know that it is not we ourselves, but it is God who carries us forward. As a church that just turned three years old, as a church that just celebrated its third year together, as a church that just began three years ago, understand that you and I are part of the church that belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ, and He said He would build His church, and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. You say, what are you talking about? I'm talking about this morning that God's going to build His church. God built His temple. God's going to build His church. And God's going to build your life. And your life is going to be built on the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can find courage in that. You can find courage to carry on in the presence of God. Not only do we have the presence of God, but look at what he says in verse number 5. He said, according to the word that I coveted with you when ye came out of Egypt, so my spirit remaineth among you. And he doesn't stop. He gives us three other words. He said, fear ye not. God, the creator of the universe, God, the completer of all things, looked at the children of Israel and said, Fear ye not. If that doesn't give us peace, what can? God told us to be courageous, and we can be courageous because of God's presence that we find in verse number 4, but we can be courageous because of God's peace that we find in verse number 5. Haggai was telling the people of God to be courageous in the midst of what you've got going on, in the midst of what's happening. Be courageous and be courageous because God's presence is with you. And not only is God's presence with you, but God's peace is with you. And God made that evident when God said through Haggai, Fear ye not. He said in verse number 6, For thus saith the Lord of hosts, Yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. I will shake the nations and desire all nations shall come. I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. God is telling, if you, if you recall the story that we've seen over and over and over again as we've gone through these minor prophets is that God is going to build his house. And, and sometimes if we're not careful, sometimes if we're not careful, we tend to look at that as some physical thing. That's not what God's talking about. God is going to build His house. What is His house? His house is His family. His house are those that belong to Him. You and I are going to be built because God is going to do the building. And we can rest in the presence of God. We can rest in the peace of God. But then Haggai turns to something else in verse number 10 through verse number 19. He turns to a different avenue 
for us to continue. He tells us to continue in courage in verse number 1 through verse number 9, but He tells us to continue through cleanliness in verse number 10 down through verse number 19. How do we continue in cleanliness? Now here is where most people would take the book of Haggai and they would begin to load you down with baggage. I'm not going to do that this morning. Why? Because that's not what you find in this passage of Scripture. What God shows us in this passage of Scripture is our our work of cleanliness in our life is all by our recognizing Number one, the defilement that we see in verse number 10 through 13. Look at what he says here in verse number 10 through verse number four, verse number 13. In the four and twentieth day of the ninth month, in the second year of Darius, came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Ask now the priest concerning the law, saying, If one bear holy flesh, in the skirt of his garment, and with his skirt do touch bread or pottage or wine or oil or any meat, shall it be holy? And the priest answered and said, No. Then said Haggai, If one that is unclean by the dead body touch any of these, shall it be unclean? And the priest answered and said, It shall be unclean. He was presenting to them the defilement that takes place by taking part in those things which defile us. You say, what's that got to do with anything? He's giving warning for us to steer clear of those things that defile us. Those things that draw us aside. As, as, as we were told in the book of Hebrews that we're to lay aside that sin that so easily besets us and press on toward the mark of the prize of high calling of what? Jesus Christ. What he, is, what he is instructing them in this passage of Scripture is to consider and recognize that defilement. And as we consider and recognize that defilement, it should turn our eyes to Christ. It should turn our focus to Christ. You and I are reminded as we come together on a weekly basis, we're reminded Together, we corporately, corporately remind ourselves that we are, we are failures. And we do not do that again so that you are brought under condemnation. We do not do that so that you get some baggage to be placed upon you. What did Jesus Christ tell His people? He said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Lord Jesus Christ said His burden is light. His yoke is easy. Yoke up with the Lord Jesus Christ. His yoke's not going to chafe you. You say it's a bunch of do's and don'ts. You're looking at it the wrong way. 
You're not focusing on the goodness of Christ. You're not focusing on what Jesus Christ has done for you. God is not trying to take so much away from you as He's trying to give you something in place of what you've tried to fill your life with. So many times we try to fill our life with joys for ourselves, and we try to fill it you and I know not what to fill it with so we fill it with those things that harm us in the long run we fill it with those things that that take away from us in the long run but the Lord Jesus Christ wants to fill our hearts and fill our lives with those things that are good for us those things that benefit us those things that help us grow those things that nourish us is what the Lord Jesus Christ is pointing us toward. He points us toward that by our understanding of the defilements that are around us. It's almost like this. When we were, when a lot of our boys were younger, we were living in in Wyoming. And I, I, I often made this statement for our children, when I was talking to them, I often made this statement. If there's a hole out here and that hole is full of rattlesnakes, as your father, it is my place to stop you from getting to that hole. Why? I want you to know that there's harm there for you and I want to direct you away from that. And that's what God's doing. God is showing them the defilement that went on, the defilement that took place, but he's showing them that to turn them from and turn them to. God is, even our repentance, when we come before God and we repent to God, even our repentance is not a negative thing, it's a positive thing. It's not pulling away from, but it's turning to. It's turning ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ. God is, (laughs) God is not, just taking everybody's sucker away so they don't have any sweet. God is showing them something far better for them down the road. And that's what he tried to do for the children of Israel. He tried to instruct them. Those things that are making that unclean, turn away from that. Do turn away from it. But turn yourselves to that which is far better, that which has far more blessings. And the way that he did that by was allowing them to recognize the defilement. In verse number 14 down through verse number 19. Not only by recognizing the defilement, but he did that by teaching them and showing them to recognize their dependency. Look at what he says in verse number 14. Then answered Haggai and said, So is this people, and so is this nation before me, saith the Lord. And so is every work of their hand, and that which they offer there is unclean. And now I pray you consider from this day upward and from before a stone was laid upon a stone, the temple of the Lord. Since those days were when one came to an heap of 20 measures and there was but 10, when one came to a press fat uh, and to draw out uh, 50 vessels of the press and there was but 20, I smote you. 
and blasting with mildew and with hell and all labors of your hands, yet ye turn not to me, saith the Lord. Then he tells them in verse number 18 and verse number 19, Consider now from this day and upward, from the fourth and twentieth day of the ninth month, even from the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider it. What's he telling them to consider? He said, is the seed yet in the barn? Yea, as yet the wine and the fig tree and the pomegranate and the olive tree hath not brought forth from this day will I bless you. He's telling them all of the works of their hands are null. They're void. There's nothing to them. There's nothing in them. We can't bring anything. Our dependency is on Him. What was that last statement? He said, from this day will what? I bless you. Any blessing that they were going to have, any blessing and any strength to continue the work that they were going to have was going to have to be in a dependency upon God. Any accomplishment that we have in our individual lives is not going to come because I mustered up enough physical strength to guard myself against sin. It's going to be because I depended on Christ. My dependency is on Him. I cannot do it. I cannot... I can look in my spiritual medicine cabinet and pull out my medicine bottle that says, do better. And I can open up that bottle and I can take as many do better pills as I want to, but until I depend on the work of God in my life, I'm not going to get better. It's in the dependency upon the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not my labors. That's the reason Christ said what He said. Come unto me all ye that what? Labor. What what was He talking to them when He said that? He was talking to them about their labor in the law. They were keeping this and keeping that and doing this and doing that. But they labored. He said, come unto me all ye that labor and are what? Heavy laden. He was telling them, you can't do it. He's instructing us, you can't do it. These people are building the temple of God. And God is saying, you can't do it. But I can. And he's telling them and instructing them to depend upon him because he's able. You and I are to depend upon Him because He is able. I'm not. The Bible said confession is good for the soul. Can I just confess? I'm a failure. I fail God. I I don't meet up to the standards of the Word of God. But can I remind you, I have a brother who has completed all things and doeth all things well. 
And he is the firstborn among many brethren, of which I am in him. That was no wonder that Paul said, God came to, came to save sinners of, of whom He was chief. He didn't say, I used to be chief. Paul, in the middle of his ministry working for God, said, I'm chief. I'm still a sinner. I still fail God. But let me tell you about somebody who don't. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. If we go into these minor prophets, and you and I have seen that over and over again, and we continue to see it, and we will continue to see it, as long as it's preached from this pulpit, we'll continue to see that these minor prophets are not about some, some prophecy of something happening somewhere down the road. These minor prophets are all about the same thing that the Word of God is from the beginning. These minor prophets are all about pointing us to the Lord Jesus Christ. Showing us the one who can. Showing us the one who did. Showing us the one who will. So that you and I find rest in the Lord Jesus Christ. How do we conclude these two messages? These two sermons that Haggai put forth? The only way the only conclusion that we can draw is that any strength to continue is found in God and in God alone. How is the strength to continue found in God? Because He abides in me and I abide in Him. There is no hope anywhere else. It is all God. It is all Christ. It is not us. It is not we ourselves. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. And on that, we can rest. Let's pray.